0: Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Dave Kovar, and today's podcast we're going to talk about one of the mastery mindsets called "This challenge will make me stronger." And actually, I've touched on this in the past a few times, but this one, this today, I want to devote this whole podcast to this concept. So a few mo- weeks back, I was uh, had the privilege of uh, being at an event in Southern California with uh, led by Ron Balicki. Ron Balicki is is uh, Guru Dan Insano's, uh Son-in-law, he's married to Diana Leonisano and he is an incredibly talented, high-level martial artist, and I always enjoy training with him. At this particular camp, also, uh, uh, Sensei Benny the Jetter Ketis was there, and I've had the privilege of, of actually meeting and training with Sensei Benny several times over the last few years, uh, uh, he trains at at uh, Farbors Jacques, who's one of my best friends' school in Southern California. And Sensei Benny, if you're a martial artist, you know who he is. If not, uh, this is a guy that was one of the first kickboxers. Uh, he was a great karate fighter and then went on to be a an amazing uh, full contact fighter and really helped coin the phrase kickboxing. And not only is he an amazing fighter, and still, he's almost 70, he still moves incredibly well. But he's really uh, quite an inspiration as far as his philosophy on life. He's one of the most centered, squared away people that, that I've, uh, I've ever met. And he was talking to us a few weeks back and he was talking about the concept of mastery. And it really uh, poked my ears up, popped my, you know, got, my, got me thinking because of course, uh, you know, our mastery mindsets, that's an important thing, concept to me. And what he talked about, I love this line. He says, in order to develop mastery, I have to master me i'm gonna say that again in order to develop mastery true mastery i have to master me and uh, one of the ways you master yourself is to really understand in the moment when things are going rough and your ability to be able to stay calm under pressure know that your chances are pretty darn good whatever challenge you're facing you're going to get through that and you're probably going to be better off for that and that's kind of the concept what i want to talk about today a bit so So first and foremost, uh, chances are if you're anything like me, you have given this advice to people when they're going through hard times. You've had a friend that's going through a real rough time in their life and you basically sat him down and said, hey, you know what, you're going to get through this and you're going to be better off for it. All right. Now, uh, chances are, you've given that advice several times, but you know, what's interesting. It's different when it's us, right? All of a sudden, when we hear that from somebody else, we may not be as receptive. So understanding this concept is basically giving this advice to ourselves. You know, when we're at a low spot in, in, in our life is the ability to take a second, take a breath and think, you know what, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be better off for it. Now, if you're to look back on your life, chances are, there's plenty of things that have happened that were that you, you know, weren't, you know, you've had adversity, you've gotten through, low spots in your life. And I would also guess that in almost every case, uh, you're better and stronger because of it. Now, I'm not saying that we should wish upon ourselves uh, adversity, but certainly when it comes, it's a chance for us to grow. And And chances are, like I said, that some of the areas with which you are the strongest uh, maybe came, maybe stemmed from a hard time that you're able to get through. So I think what's important to understand is that adversity will either build us up or break us down. And really it's, it can be as simple as a decision, right? The way we decide to interpret something. And by having this mindset, this challenge will make me stronger. What that allows me to do in the heat of the moment or when I'm going through a rough time, man, uh, is me to take a second, take a breath and think, all right, you know what, this is hard, but I'm going to get through this. And someday I'm going to look back on this and I'm going to know uh, I'm going to benefit from this. And, and I, I'll look on, back on this as a learning experience. And if you can get yourself to do that, then what happens is uh, it helps you to kind of objectify the situation and get out of your own head and get out of your own, get get your take your emotion off to the side and give you kind of a little more rational perspective on things. I think it's important to remember that, that there's a great quote, never, make an important decision when you're angry or upset it's like letting a coward lead your army and when you are you know emotionally when you're upset and you're emotional you generally don't make good judgment calls right that's why it's so important that that you know you you, you try to uh, not make any important life decisions until you're calm and clear-headed that's when you're going to make you know, the, the wisest decisions right and so what I want to do is today is I want to talk about some of adversity that I've been through and how I've been able to how it how it's benefited me and and uh, and we've all got them, but since it's my podcast, I guess I get to talk about my challenges. So first and foremost, uh, um, I want to talk briefly about my pop, and I know I've brought him up before. My as of as of this uh, taping, my my pop is a couple months away from being 97 years old, and he was a World War II vet. He was a prisoner of war. He was shot down on his 11th mission, and he uh, was behind as a prisoner of war for uh, nine months. He did a couple of death marches. He survived a near firing squad. He's got an amazing story. And when he came back, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't come back bitter. A lot of people might come back from a similar experience. have you know massive uh, you know be bitter towards for the rest of their life he came back kind of with a sense of appreciation for for life now for whatever reason right that that's how he came back and and that was always the perspective with which he shared with us and and so he's kind of just this guy that's been eternally optimistic and p- the part of the process and, and research in science has shown us that absolutely there's there's a lot of benefit to being optimistic right i think the zig zig once said you know being optimistic doesn't Uh, Allow you to do things that are not within your potential, but being pessimistic guarantees you're going to fail. Whereas being optimistic, it gives you the best chance of trying. And the analogy is, if you got to do something, if you had somebody that was going to have to lead you into battle, would you want someone that's going into that battle thinking you're going to lose, or you want someone that actually believes there's a chance of winning? Well, of course, you want to go with someone that's optimistic. So that can be a choice. Okay, it's something that some people naturally do, but when you when this is your Mindset. This challenge will make me stronger. What that does, that tends to get you to think in terms of being uh, uh, what a little more optimistic by nature and looking for the good in a situation. So, I want to go through a few uh, examples uh, growing up and how uh, I benefited from them. And some of them are really simple. Right. And, but they, 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 illustrate a point. So, first and foremost, there was a, a boy down the street from me, uh, and it, I'm just gonna go let you know, his first name was Jeff. And Jeff and I started out as friends, and we became adversaries by the time we were sixth, seventh, eighth grade. For whatever reason, it just kind of overnight, Jeff decided to turn on me. And he was a big, strong kid. He was the local tough guy in the area. And, uh, Honestly, I was extremely intimidated by him and I would ride my bike home a different way so I didn't have to ride back by his house because I was, I was worried about, you know, Jeff and, and he was one of, uh, 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 there's a few reasons why I trained in martial arts, but he was one of the reasons why I got involved in martial arts. And what, but more important than him, the the reason why I got involved in martial arts and what he did is he really, he was in the back of my mind, uh, uh, when I was training. He was the guy that like, if I wondered if I go to class or not, I was feeling a little bit, I didn't want to train tonight. I would think of Jeff and having to be confront Jeff, and and all of a sudden, guess what? I was very motivated to hop on my bike and go ride to class. And so at the time, it was a scary time in my life because there's this guy that's bigger and stronger than me and that had the will to hurt someone, and I'd seen him do it to other people. And although I, I, I've developed into hopefully having a relatively decent level of skill in martial arts, I don't really want to hurt anybody. I'm, uh, I like to train, but the last thing I want to do is want to hurt somebody. Well, Jeff had no problem. He would prefer to hurt someone than not. And I I knew that this was a real threat, and because of that, I trained extra hard, and I did extra sets of push-ups, and I trained in class extra. Now, at the time, although I did enjoy it, it was like I was I was preparing for battle. But in hindsight, had not Jeff been there, how might my destiny different be different today? Had I not had that that him, this guy in my head that I was worried about that got me to do all the extra training that allowed me to really excel in my, in my craft, in my field. So that would be a, 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 you know, a a real basic example as a kid. Uh, another one more recently is this, uh, just recently there was the super show in Las Vegas and the super show martial arts super show is the biggest event in the professional martial arts world. There was over 2000 professional martial artists from all over the world at this event. And I've had the privilege of speaking there every year since it was, uh, I think it's 18 or 19 years now that it's been on. And, and I love going, I see a bunch of old friends and and meet new ones and i also sneak away to get some amazing training in with some high level people well one of my good friends and uh one of our actual clients is a gentleman named master chip townsend master chip townsend is a 14 time world champion breaker he's basically the best uh, uh, board brick bat breaker that's ever lived basically and but there's not even anybody really close to him as far as the skill goes just an incredible athlete well he had this uh, kicking a contraption to where the tests how high you can kick. And uh, anyway, of course, me being the kid that I am, I had, to, you know, there's the highest level was about seven feet. And back in the day, I had a pretty good jump spinning crescent kick. And so uh, what do you know, man, I, I'm trying and I'm falling short. I'm falling miserably short so like I'm four five, six inches short of the highest level. And, and uh, so what did I do? I, uh, you know, I kept because I tend to naturally be optimistic I remember that at one point I could do it that high And I stretched out again and worked And it took me about 15 times But... I was able to uh, to you know to strike the high point. Well, the, what's the moral of the story? The story is is that uh, uh, you know it was it was that embedded sense of optimism that got me to keep trying. And because of that experience, oh, what did it do? Well, uh, besides being a little sore from kicking a little higher than I probably should have, it it reminded me in the short term that that if you're focused and you're willing to really challenge yourself, you're going to be stronger because of it. So. Probably there's two events in my life I want to share with you that they're both business related that that were really challenging to overcome, but because of them, uh, you know I, I so much appreciate where I am right now. The first one was when I was uh, I, I uh, I'd open up a school uh, six months out of high school in November of 1978, and I had been in business for uh, three or four years, and I had moved from from uh, a, a community North Highlands which is a suburb of Sacramento to Citrus Heights I'd moved my location and this would have been in 1982 and I moved to a bigger location I had borrowed more money and all of a sudden although I had a lot of students I wasn't really savvy I wasn't I didn't collect money like I should have a lot of my students were, weren't paying for membership and I was struggling to make the ends meet and uh and so what What happened was is, is at that very moment this was going on, I was realizing, man, this I don't know if this is a future for me. And by the way, at the time in 1982, very few people taught martial arts professionally, right? And, and uh, it, there was a very few schools in the area and it wasn't really looked upon as a lifetime profession. And everybody in my life was telling me to get a real job. And at the time I was... Engaged to a gal that wanted me to get a real job as well, right? And so, what do you know? I'm faced with all this, this financial turmoil and uh, trying to make the rent every month and wondering if this is for me and, and, and literally, this guy comes in off the street that taught the same style of martial arts that I did that had a, a, a wealthy uncle that was willing to invest in him to help him open up a martial arts school and he literally came in and said hey my, I have a I have a rich uncle that wants to help me run a martial arts school are you interested in selling yours and within a couple of days boom what do you know I I had sold my school now but the the amount of money that I sold the school for was just enough money to pay off all the the debt that I had for the school. So if I took all that money and I paid off my debt, I would be at zero. By the time I was only 23, so, you know, I got plenty of time left. I'd go back to school and I'd get a degree and get a real job. But being the intelligent 23-year-old that I was, instead of paying off all my debt, Instead, what I did was, is I, I, by the time uh, silver was really high, and my father convinced me to buy some silver, by the way, I, I, I'm not blaming him, I signed on the dotted line, I bought a bunch of silver, and then I took the rest of the money, and I did something really smart, I bought a little Porsche 914, and uh, this thing was looked good, but it was a beater, and as soon as I bought it, I spent every last dime I had to get it to where it was working, it was running, So, and then I ended up selling it six months later for pennies on the dollar, (laughs) because I never did get it. I paid too much for it, never get it working right. And then right about that time, silver dropped dramatically. So all of a sudden, I I basically went from having enough money to get out of debt to uh, still having all the debt from running a school, but no longer having the school and nothing to show for it. And it's, by the way, at that same time, I I ended up, uh, I was still teaching martial arts. Uh, but my first job was uh, right after I, I sold the martial arts school. I was t- still teaching there part time when I could, but I got a job uh, in, in the management at Pizza Hut, and I never had any interest in it. But the long story short, I kind of fell into it. One of my students' uh, husbands was the general manager, the regional manager, and he got me this job at the time, which was for most people a pretty cool, had a lot of potential. I quickly knew it wasn't for me, so I, 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 I switched over and I started painting houses by day because that allowed me to teach martial arts by night. I was teaching six days a week. I was out of my garage at a health club and at the old school with which I sold and uh, but what happened was is that uh I had all this debt now and I quickly realized that guess what yeah I was doubting whether martial arts was for me but I knew that with, literally within two weeks after I sold a school that, that I'd made a mistake and that uh, I wanted to have a martial arts school again right so it literally took me four years of 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 Painting by day, saving every dime, uh, you know, paying down my debt, and finally, uh, I ended up buying a fixer-upper with my roommate Larry, and he was an electrician, and I was a a, um, a painter, and and uh, this and guess what it needed electrical work and a new paint job, and so we bought this house and we fixed it up, and then I sold my share to him, and all of a sudden, I was four years later. <coughs> by the way, for, the, for that those last four years. I had been like cursing myself all along, right, for doing for selling the school in the first place. But it took us f- four years, and I was able to then uh, go back. But in the meantime, I went back to school, and I had taken a business class. And in this business class, I had to write a paper on on a, how to start a business. And so, of course, I picked martial arts because I knew I was going to get back into it as a full time school. And I, I put together, uh, you know, a business plan for how to, you know, open a martial arts school. And so, I'm looking to finally. I've got money saved up, and by my my by the way, my boss was also. So my student, and he understood what was going on and he could not have been more gracious. So uh, uh, he knew that my days were, were were numbered working for him. But he also knew that, you know, where my passion was. So anyway, I'm driving down a street in Fair Oaks and I see this for lease sign. This would have been in uh, early 1986. And it's a little thousand square foot facility. And, uh, I, I call the number and I have a meeting with the, the landlord. I show up. And of course I'm a young kid covered from head to toe with paint at the end of the day. And I walk in and he looks at me like, who the heck are you? Why would I rent to you? But fortunately I had this business plan that I'd written for college that happened to be in, uh, in the glove box of my truck. I said, hold on, sir. You know, I went down, I got, got it back. Anyway, he agreed to sign on, uh, for a one year lease with me. And, uh, it, about, about, uh, so by day I painted, uh, and I would paint from seven to three o'clock. I'd go home and shower. I'd be at the school by a quarter to four to start classes, and we just blew up. And I did both of those for about a year before I was able to go full time into martial arts. But, and so then a few months later, my, I brought my fr- brother on my, as as my partner. And I share this story with you because for years, I, I man, I just was so mad at myself for. I was also ma- also mad at my girlfriend for uh, my former girlfriend for really pushing me to do this but I was so mad at myself for selling the school that was the dumbest thing I could ever do but in hindsight I look back on that it was one of the most valuable lessons that I've ever learned I wouldn't trade it for anything for several reasons number one is that I didn't really I'd always wonder what it would be like to have a real job but anytime I wonder if I've chosen the right field I have two memories one of them is walking up three flights of stairs into a cockroach infested apartment complex with two five gallon buckets of paint to paint and do sheetrock repair and, and the weather, and, and the temperature being 110 degrees inside, right? I have that vision, it's you know, so clear. And the other one was, uh, working in the, by the way, I, I have, uh, the utmost respect for people that work in, in food service, right? But having, uh, picking up the phone saying, thank you for calling Marconi Pizza Hut, home of the personal pan pizza. This is Dave. May I help you? And having to, to go from a position of being respected as a martial arts instructor to be someone that was really not treated quite the same. And, the, and, and, but those made me, first off, appreciate other people with real jobs, right? And, and number two, when I finally was able to open the, the, the doors to the school, I can't tell you how much I sincerely appreciated my job and the fact that I got to teach martial arts for a living. And and there was never a doubt ever again if I picked the right field. And had I not gone through that, man, I would have always kind of wondered what was going on. And by the way, the other things that it did is it taught me from that day forward to not... Uh, In any way shape or form uh, It's made me Well aware of debt so I've always had A really good handle on not racking up the debt Paying things off uh, and the value Of that and that would have never happened had I not Got first hand information because there's something About something you read in a book and you learn It from a book and there's another thing When you learn it from experience the hard Way and the impact that has So fast forward so my Brother and I you know expand This is 1987 we grow We grow to one location in the early 90s by nine to 903 members. I believe by the best account that we could there there was on record it was the largest school in the country at the time. It's also almost 14,000 square foot in size. So it was both one the largest uh, a, a, a active count in the country or close to it that I know of anyway and also the, the largest square foot facility at the time. Now now there's larger facilities, but back in the day that was that was the place which was really cool. And then we opened up a second school in 93 and in a in that a, a third one in 95 and a fourth one in I think 99. And we were just growing. Every time we'd open up a school, everything worked. We hadn't ever had any challenges. And then in 2001 or two, we were approached by a gentleman, a really good guy. I still have a relationship with him that uh, made his living. Uh, he was a Wall Street attorney that made his living taking cottage industries and giving them a national presence. And he approached my brother and I about doing this national expansion. And at first we weren't very excited about it, but after about a year of we said, yeah, let's do this. And so the intention was to, to expand to a corporate-owned corporate, a corporate owned, uh, a chain of martial arts schools. Then our goal was to get to 100 locations, right? Well, so we went from four to 20 locations in a year and a half. And uh, my job was... Uh, was growing staff on top of other things. My job was staff development, and and so you know it, it went pretty well for quite a while. Uh, but then all of a sudden, what happened was is that we didn't quite. By the way, we had borrowed a lot of money. We had a lot of investors in our company, and all of a sudden, things started getting pretty challenging. And and we did we missed one of our quarterly quotas, and and all of a sudden, we realized the writing on the wall was this is not, uh, this is not going to work. We've got some real challenges. In the meantime, we had personal guarantees on a lot of properties. And anyway, long story short, so uh, we, we had to go, we had to figure out how we were going to, we were lo- losing money every month. And so we went from, from, uh, and this would have been 2006, early 2007 was probably our lowest point. And, and so we had to find a way. So we went from 20 locations, we sold a couple, we closed a couple, uh, and we condensed down to the eight locations. Uh, that 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 we had owned and, and a few that were licensed locations. But here's the deal: it took us for three or four years, uh, and and I, I I personally spent you know I sold property, I cashed in 401ks, I I used retirement money, be it, you know, college money for my kids, everything just to make payroll, and it was a rough few years. And chances are. Uh, we probably could have uh, uh, and, and maybe should have uh, uh, filed for reorganization, but my, my business partner Dave Chamberlain, who's this amazing guy, and I both kind of decided, no, man, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to stick it out, and so uh, we we grinded from two thousand. Uh, uh, we, we did we broke even about two thousand ten. So we still do, we're losing money every every uh, year for several years, and then now we've spent the last decade, you know, paying down past debt, right? And and it's it's I've got to be honest with. It's been a great, you know, I've had, a, I have a great life, but it's been challenging. There's been plenty of times where, you know, it's, it, it's, it, but we all have challenges, right? Here's the deal. Fast forward. Here it is, uh, 2019 and we've still paying down debt, but business is good. And we're, you know, almost out of the clear, but I'll tell you what, I would not trade that experience for anything because what it really's done is, is that first off, it forced us to get out of our comfort zone. We've met so many people and we've been able to impact so many people, uh, uh, Because we had no choice, we had to expand or die. And and although I would, now I've learned from that experience and I would probably, if that same, a similar situation fell into my lap again, I would probably handle things massively different. But I also would not trade one bit of that experience. And I share those stories with you because we all have those stories, but have you, and I would challenge you to go back and look at your life and think of past challenges that you have. And then really look, really analyze how you are better off before, because of them. Because when you do that, what that does, that gives you strength and confidence with that. The current challenges that you might be facing are ones that you, you're going to be more likely to be able to find a way out of those. All right. And so here, the starting point for, for how do you develop, how do you kind of develop this mindset of, of you know, this challenge will make me stronger. I think it has to do with looking going, first off, like we just said, look, go through over your past and look, uh, for, things that happened to you in your past that, that maybe seem traumatic at the time and really analyze how you are stronger and better off because of it. And once you do this, this is going to give you confidence. You're going to go, oh, I see it. Because remember, once you look for, ask yourself the right question, think, how did I benefit from that? You're going to find an answer. And then going forward, the next thing to do is, is to use everyday adversity as a way to develop that mental toughness. Because if you can't have this mindset in little things, you're going to have a hard time finding it in big things. And so for an example of that is... Uh, like I travel a lot, and if you travel a lot, chances are, man, you've you have all kinds of different plane stories. And my recent plane story was I was I was coming back from Boston a few weeks ago, and I had I was super excited because I was actually uh, um, uh, I was in Boston, but I was make I made my way down uh, to uh, Newark, New Jersey, and a direct flight home. And and I, my day started. I'd done a few days of seminars. My day started early Saturday morning, and I I got a ride. Uh, uh, like I we left about five thirty, and I got a forty five minute ride to a train station to take a three-hour ride to do a three-hour seminar in, in in connecticut and then i got another ride from there uh, to the airport in newark for a straight direct direct flight home well the flight got delayed uh, finally it was the most turbulent flight i'd ever been on and so because of that the pilot had to avoid the turbulence so he circled instead of going straight across the country he had to go down towards texas and so by the time he came around to go home uh he, we had to stop in Las Vegas for gas, and in the process, they closed down Sacramento Airport, so we had to I'd go to the San Francisco Airport, and then I took a Uber home in the middle of the night, so instead of getting home at at 10.45 at night, I got home at 5 the next morning. Now, here's the deal it's one of those times that's the chance I share that story with you. Cause that's my chance right there when that stuff is happening to work on being calm and composed. And I don't always do it. This time I had a hard time. There's a few times where I started to lose it a little bit, but, uh, by by being mindful of the situation, I can use that as a learning experience to be able to t- maintain my my composure. And so, I think one of the key things also on 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 this challenge will make me stronger is really understanding the value of being able to keep your center. What does that mean? That's you at your best, right? That's what we talk about with satori, right? Mental clarity, physical energy, emotional calm. And man, that's easy to do when you're feeling great. But the challenge is when things aren't going so well. That's the process. So. I would challenge you, the next time, little things. So you're stuck at a red light and the light is red and you're late for an engagement. That's when you work on being calm, right? You've got some minor, if you're a, a teacher and all of a sudden you've got some disruption on the floor, that's your chance. Because if you can't be calm and look for the good and little things, then chances are you're not going to be able to do it in the big things. And I wanted to leave you with one last thought. And that last thought is, is the importance of understanding that, that, you know, if it wasn't for the challenges you face, those are what make you, right? And an easy life is not a life, in my opinion, an easy life. There's not a lot of lessons there. The lessons really are in the challenges, and and once we when, once we understand that, it allows us to be able to better embrace those challenges, and and really to to look for the good in the situation, and try to to think past the challenge, and that knowing that I'll look back on this and and uh, and and appreciate the things that I'm going through. And if boy, if you can do that, you've done amazing progress. So I appreciate you tuning in, and look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for watching or listening, I should say, to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.